How you doing, folks? This is The Finger here with Baby Huey and a special guest, a good friend of ours for about a million years. Like I said before, he predates the soul existence. It is Cole Wu-Tang. What's up, buddy? How you what's doing? What's up? What's up? I'm happy to be here. Oh, man. I got the chills. Yeah. I got the chills. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. My booty's shaking. But uh, anyway, I'm going to first start off with congratulations on starting your own company. I appreciate it, man. Uh... Shit is uh, exhilarating. From this perspective, but how is it going? It's not going good at all. It's, okay. uh, business is good. Business is good. There's a lot of money in it, but it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of uh, just a lot of uh, mental strife, strife for a 23-year-old to be dealing with. But I guess I don't really have uh, any other options. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> money is the flow of reality. It's true. Money's important. But, um, Either way, I'm proud of you. That's fucking. That's a pretty dope accomplishment. I can't say many of my friends own businesses. I appreciate it, man. I feel like I'm owning a business with this podcast, but it's a uh, it's a work in progress. It is super cool, like that you do have a podcast, just because we've had so many like just like super deep, cool ass conversations over the years. Just cool, like talking to you in front of a microphone right now. Yeah, it's it's surreal in a way. I Yours feel like I'm in a different dimension. Absolutely, yeah. Years of smoking doobies and just like. Going yeah. deep into the ether, having all these cool conversations, and now we're like recording one of our conversations. It's pretty cool, man. Like, how hot is this chick, though? That's a dude. Right here. Like, I'm just saying. She looks Sorry. like she'll steal your wallet. She looks oh, like. She, does. A, she can have it. Yeah, she for sure. For sure, ruin she your life. She can have it. I feel like she just robbed me. I mean, I don't. She's actually creeping me out. She robbed a nut from my fucking balls. Sorry. Right into the atmosphere. So, uh, you're telling me your your three top topics that you're well versed in is fitness, <laughs> nature, and music, and that was pretty general. And I don't know really how to go off of that. Nah, we can just have a conversation. But I did have a question for you because I've been curious about this myself lately. Uh, what is ketogenic diet? A ketogenic diet is when you uh, take uh, carbohydrates out of your diet. So whenever you don't have carbohydrates, carbohydrates are essentially a food that your body burns for energy. Um, eat that mic. I'll eat the mic right on. Perfect. So essentially what happens is, is whenever you only eat like a high fat diet, like a ketogenic diet uh, is a high fat diet with, uh, you gotta have vegetables, you gotta have protein. Uh, but what happens is, is when your body doesn't have carbohydrates, you go into a state is what's called ketosis. And it's where your body mm. burns fat in order for energy. Mm. So if you eat carbohydrates, your body gets used to burning carbohydrates for energy. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a lot of that has to do with like the insulin in the body. It's why people get like these insulin sort of rushes and you sort of have that drowsiness. Uh, but Weird. ketogenic, man, is cool. Cause if you're looking for like a weight loss diet, um, ketogenic is very well because one, you're in a caloric deficit, but additionally, you're actually training your body. I'm not a doctor, by the way. This kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I, I know. Sound like one. I know a lot of bro science with uh, nutrition, but like essentially it. what you're doing is you're putting your body into a state of ketosis where your body is able to burn fat better than it normally is. So burning fat for energy. So huh. you don't get like these weird question. sugar, sugar drops and sugar rushes and stuff. So I have a question. So, um. Uh, being a pre-diabetic, I have to uh, check my ketones every now and then, like a little pee stick. Yep. Is that related? 
I would imagine so. I have no idea, uh, but I would imagine so. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of what happens is like whenever you eat, uh, you're, you're, you raise your insulin whenever you eat, and uh, insulin can affect ketosis. I don't know a lot about diabetes, to be honest with you. I've never had diabetes. I know that it kills. I mean, diabetes is like in the top 10 of what kills people on really? earth. Really? I didn't know and that. I'm not. Especially the darks. Especially the darks. That's racist. That's science. <laughs> That's science. For sure, racist. That's right. Definitely racist. That's race science. Pretty sure it's salt, though. But anywho, uh, <laughs> anywho, yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. But ketosis is just training your body to burn its own fats for energy and not relying on carbohydrates. Uh, it was actually invented. They invented the ketosis diet to actually treat kids with uh, epilepsy. So. Uh, if you had seizures hmm. and freaked out for whatever reason, ketones, uh, being on a ketosis diet actually would help that. Uh, like I said, this is all bro science. I'm not a doctor, but I've, I've done I've done I've done a ketogenic diet, and I've noticed that um, it, it you, is it ketogenic or ketogenic. Uh, it depends on what state you're from. If you're from Kentucky, oh. it's it's fucking Caitlyn Jenner. You're I really don't give a <laughs> really don't give a shit about semantics <laughs> when it comes. Is it kratom or is it kratom? I really don't care. We've it's been not pat- kratom. It's pat- not kratom. You need to bring it down a couple notches there, baby Huey, because it is Kratom. I just like to say Kratom. But I, know. I heard that when you do the ketogenic diet, you actually go through like a keto flu, mm-hmm. as they yes. say. It's where you like you feel like yes. you're fucking sick. You're Absolutely. throwing up. and Do you throw up and everything? Like, I never threw up. I, I've, I've read that people actually do throw up when they go through the keto flu. And the, the reason being is your body... Uh, you ever had like a big meal and you're still hungry? It's because your yeah. body's sort of craving that sugar. It's craving carbohydrates because okay. carbohydrates turn into glycogen within your your body, which is the sugar. So it's 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 one of those weird things where you have to go through an adjustment period to actually become fully functional and ketogenic. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, uh, but yeah, it does it does take a period where your body because I mean if you if you think about it, like if you go into a caloric deficit, so you go into a caloric deficit uh, where you want to lose weight. Um, it's going to take some time for your body to adapt to that caloric deficit. You know, you're going to feel very tired. You may feel uh, moody because your hormones go off, and then eventually your body will get used to burning fat. And that's essentially just what ketosis is. Ketosis is just training your body to burn fats as opposed to burning carbohydrates. Um, yeah, that's about it. But ketogenic diets aren't for everybody, you know. There, there's some people who respond very well to uh, carbohydrates and maybe going into a keto ketogenic diet is not um the best thing and and from what i'm aware of but that's about it hmm so i had a do you have a question i'll hop on the mic i sound so good at this mic i found fancy do you, you have an actual question or yes i do okay i kind of forgot it oh but i want to say a comment first your voice over a mic is super sexy it's because i'm like, a natural hey, born I baritone <laughs> i was born a baritone yes like i'm more of a baritone in the choir um, alto you know, I got a little higher pitched voice. I can see. But that. your voice is like, hey, my name is Cole. Ketogenics words. I sound great Cause I'm on a to microphone. Fuck your fans. Yeah. I don't really hear it at all, but. <laughs> do you want to fight the pussy? Okay, so anyway, so, oh, my question. Um, I just did research on this stuff over here. So, I don't have a question more than I have like a, a sidebar. So,. You're totally right, and then yes, it is connected to the ketones that your body, like, like diabetics fuck with. So, more of a comment, I guess. But um, so ketones basically, so you're not getting enough nutrition. Nope. That has nothing to do with nutrition. It has well, um, it, I mean, like ketones, not not not, not ketogenic. Your body Sorry. naturally produces ketones. 
So you're, you're, well, when they get really high, from what I'm reading on this um, uh, website here, uh, it, it happens a lot when apparently when you're pregnant and when you have diabetes. So I guess those are times when you're like, because your body's trying to function with a baby and you're really confused. And then your body's like, why is there so much insulin in my body or why my sugar is so high? So it like panics. Not exactly. Whenever you go into a fast, for example, me and Dean have been pretty big fans of like intermittent fasting. Uh, DJ had a pretty incredible body transformation from intermittent fasting. But whenever you begin to starve yourself, your body, I mean, it, your body does what it's, it, what it's built to do. We're built to survive. I mean, you look at human history. Uh, we, you know, humans from our evolution has survived all kinds of crazy things. So we're built to survive without food. Um, so, I mean, if you just go on a fast, your body, your body will naturally uh, burn fat. So, and that's a good point. You were gonna, you said we were big fans of intermittent fasting, and I was gonna bring that up actually because ketogenic diet. I've heard, I don't know much about it. That's why I'm asking you, but I've heard that you can only do it like like six months at a time until like your body needs to take in carbohydrates. Not exactly. It's actually <clears throat> from what I've read. It's actually good to not go back on a ketogenic diet, or not 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 to uh, uh, flop back and forth from a ketogenic diet to just sort of the standard American American diet where carbohydrates are a part of that. And the reason being is where you're training your body to actually be able to uh, okay. to burn fat. Um, so, um, like I said, I'm not a doctor on this. I've read quite a bit on uh, ketogenic diets, but if you do want to find a good reference for this diet, there's a guy by the name of Mark Sisson. He's wrote some books about this. Uh, he's a great reference for it. Um, Mark Sisson. Mark Sisson. He's a, he's a, he's a pretty handsome older feller. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's just, yeah, that's about it, man. It's nothing fancy. It's uh, weight loss in general. When people look at weight loss, there's all these different diets. There. Look at that dude right there. That dude's a fucking Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a old. He's like, literally like fifty in the face and twenty in the body. Definitely some Mexican supplements involved. Some Mexican supplements. <laughs> he's, he's for sure on steroids, but he's wrote books on. Uh, I just don't want to sit here and be the authority on a ketogenic diet because I run a construction company. But there are <laughs> <laughs> there are people out there who have wrote books on ketogenic diet. But the basic the basic the basic foundation of a ketogenic diet is you cut out carbohydrates, eat a high fat diet, and then you train your body. Well, whether you run a construction company or not, I still say you, you uh, have more knowledge on, I'd say, just diet and general fitness than the average bear or the average bro even because you actually know your science. Because I was real fat. Because I was real. I, I wasn't was, real fat. I was real fat, too. We were about the same fat. I got up to 260, we but I was a pretty a athletic. I think you were we were 260? Yeah, I got up to two thirty. I got up to two. Well, you're a little taller than 60, me. Sixty. No, nah, we're the same height. I got up. Yeah, we're the I same. I have no height. perception. I think I got shoes on and you don't. We're this. We've always been the same. I'm serious, but I think, I think I got up to two sixty. But I was like an athletic, like powerlifting two sixty. But I was still very fat. But additionally, to go even deeper, there's some studies that show that a ketogenic diet. Hold on, this dude's touching the hey, mics huh? and stuff. We'll take a break. Right there. This good. Perfect. What happens if I move my head? Do I have to stay in this position? Yeah, you were talking over the mic, but now I've got an angle towards you. Okay. Sorry, listeners. All right. My bad. Right on. Baritone. Uh, with a sexy voice. Yep. The whole time. Go ahead. What were we talking about? I don't remember. Dicks, I think? No. Uh, ketogenic diet, and I fucked up. See, I was trying to say continue while I fixed it, but then it got weird. It's just distracting, but it's all good. But anyway, 
I'm Jamie, bro. Jamie doesn't talk much, first off. Yeah, that's, uh... It's because you're antagonizing me, bro. <laughs> anyway, so the, I was going to say um, the difference between intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet, in my opinion, is that an intermittent fasting diet is more applicable in your everyday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just because on our, like, fast-paced society, it's really hard to keep a ketogenic diet for sure. But, yeah. I mean, they are making, like, keto bars and, yeah. like, keto energy bars and whatnot. Absolutely. But still, intermittent fasting is, like, if you meal prep correctly or even go to the right places to eat that are not at home, mm-hmm. then you can still lose hella fat, gain hella muscle. Absolutely. And be, you know, you don't have to go through a, a keto flu or yeah. whatever. You could just kind of bounce right back. It's a little rough at first for, like, the appetite. I feel yeah. like I was really hungry the first week, yeah. though, only seven days. I haven't eaten breakfast in two years. Except from vacation a few months ago, but literally that's the only time in like two years I've eaten breakfast. Well, you don't have to be exclusive with being ketogenic or or being uh, or doing intermittent fasting. I mean, you can absolutely do both at the same time. Um, I personally, I personally uh, struggle with intermittent fasting is because I have some hormone issues. I have hormone issues in my body, so like when once I hit that fourteen hour window, I don't know what happens, but like. Um, I just feel different, man. I just feel very sort of moody. My voice mm-hmm. changes. But uh, at the same time, that 14-hour period of not eating and actually just drinking uh, water and black coffee, it's very beneficial. You know, it uh, uh, sharpens your mind. You, you, you feel very lucid and you burn fat, man. You're, 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 you're training your body to be a fat-burning machine. Honestly, I don't even want to eat a lot of times. It's just my appetite makes me. Yeah. Because, like, I feel the same thing. I feel, like, clean-minded, energetic. And I'm like, man, I feel like I could just accomplish everything. I'm yeah. going to rule the fucking world. Eat a sandwich, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to take a nap. And, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's the insulin. So, like, whenever you eat, your body produces insulin, and you have these crazy weird crashes. And a lot of that's huh. like if you're if you're doing intermittent fasting, it's actually good to do some type of uh, ketogenic diet or actually eat carbs in the afternoon. Because if you're doing intermittent fasting, and then you eat a big bowl of carbs, you're going to fucking right. crash like nobody's business. But if you eat some eggs and bacon, high-protein, high-fat, yeah. Your body will respond to that much better because your body's been in a state of ketosis. Does mm. that make sense? It's all relative. Right. It's all relative. The human yeah, I was going to get to that at the end. Of, well, I guess that's kind of the ending point of that whole subject anyway. But, like, combining the two, yeah. I thought, in theory, I was like, that would be the ultimate fucking diet. Hell yeah. yeah. And I did that without even realizing it because I knew carbs and – oh, shit. Sorry. Dropped my vape. But I knew carbs and calories, you know, made you gain fat. Yes. And the less you take in, the more fat you can burn inside your body. Well, it's not necessarily carbs. We, we have this weird stigma, in like a, specifically this country, that if you are losing weight, you are actually healthier. And it's just because we deal with obesity at such a high level. But it's not actually true because whenever you are losing weight, no matter what sort of diet that you follow, whether you're a vegetarian or you're ketogenic or you're a carnivore diet or whatever you may be, you are losing weight because you are in a caloric deficit. You are burning more calories than you were eating. It's the basic science of fat loss. Right. So what what initially happens? Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Been drinking these. Uh, been drinking this fire. What was we talking about? I was saying that. Oh, fat loss. What I was saying was is uh, you don't actually. It, it, losing weight is not actually healthy because you're actually your body's eating itself. So. Uh, some of the fats inside of the liver, things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it, being in a caloric deficit and becoming skinny and losing weight is not actually healthy as much as we may think it is. It's more healthy to eat a balanced diet. And, you know, ketogenic is not for everyone. It's because we all have right. separate genetics. We have different body types the same way that we have different 
fingerprints. You know, we all respond to things differently. Some people can't eat peanuts. Some people can't drink milk. Uh, some people, if you eat carbs, you blow up like a balloon. It's just sort of finding what your body um, can handle and eating maintenance calories. That's that's. I that's mean, a it's, great point. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's yeah. it, it, you don't you don't burning fat is not healthy because if you're burning fat, it means that your body is starving and it's burning fat. Um, you know, just being healthy is eating a well balanced diet. Being chubby is not necessarily unhealthy as long as you're not doing. You're not developing diabetes. It's just unattractive in our culture's yeah, perspective. Absolutely. And that's why people absolutely. feel the need to yeah. lose fat, but really yeah. it's not healthy. Generally. It's an aesthetic thing. It's an aesthetic yeah. thing. But being a little husky, there's nothing wrong with being a little husky if you're eating your veggies and you're not eating too much sugar and salt. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Well, well shit, I'm not day, a I'm not a doctor, like I said. This is just all bro science. No, this is Dr. Wooten. Don't let him lie to you. Well, it's my doctor. I mean, he prescribes me all of my medication, which is just... You know, Actually... Actually, you pre- literally prescribed me. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Finger. <laughs> I wish my last name was just Finger, not in Finger, by the way. I bring up one point. Um, I think like what we're talking about right now is fucking awesome. Because, um, I mean, it's all cultural shit. Because, I mean, like, there's culture around the world where a bigger woman is more attractive. Like, uh, like our, our skinny girls, they would be disgusting to some cultures. Mm-hmm. And I like, that's like, and I think it's really a point that you're saying that when you're listen, beauty is when, when, when you're you're shedding. Sorry, uh, when you're shedding fat, um, you're not healthy because your body's not meant to do that unless you're like in a starvation moment. There's a fundamental difference though between beauty and health, though. So like yeah, me personally, okay. I love thick women, man. Like I, I always have since I was a kid. I love I love BBWs, man. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> being dead serious. I always I'm always been attracted to a more curvy woman. So. There, there's, there's a fundamental. I mean, there, there's very skinny people who are also very healthy, uh, due to a variety of reasons, genetics, um, you know, all, all kinds of reasons. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a fundamental difference between being beautiful, aesthetically beautiful, and being healthy. Because I mean, you look at, you look at the sport of bodybuilding. When those, when those guys go into the stage at Mr. Olympia, they are on the verge of death because they have starved themselves. They cut water out of their diet. They are literally on the verge of death. Jesus. Well, um, I think it's crazy how even just like health and culture both are affiliated to like beauty. Yeah. Just being healthy is beautiful. And then like depending on your status or your wealth or, you know, what your your uh, occupation is or how much money you make is also – attributing to your beauty in a yeah. sense i guess and even and even like i think it even translates to the aesthetic portion because like it like gold diggers you yeah. know what i mean like if uh, there's a semi-attractive man but he's a millionaire he's all of a sudden a 10 and that could even i believe psychologically it can even attribute to the way they see them if that man didn't have the same amount of money would he be less attractive aesthetically hell no you don't think so? You think it'd be the same attractiveness if you had the million dollars? Oh, no sorry, money? I heard you wrong. No, money definitely makes money makes you handsome. In the words of Gucci, man, money definitely makes you handsome. I, I He's a that. wise man. Gucci, Gucci's a prophet. Gucci. I love Gucci. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Does he wear bandanas? We'll never find out. <laughs> no, but I mean that that exists in nature. You know, it's uh, being healthy, being strong is a it's 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 a primal. It's a primal thing, you know. In nature, you need to be healthy to procreate so that you don't die. You need to be strong to to, to ward off the elements and predators and you know uh, threats. So you know, definitely strength and uh, being vital, and that's definitely a part of beauty. But 
I just don't believe that necessarily, you know, like like I said, beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, you know. People people are attracted to what they're attracted to. Some exactly. People, some people, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But just the the low frequency of the mass mass population, like the ignorance of the mass population is influenced by society so much that it's a majority consensus that this slender look I mean, back in like whatever you know, yeah. like the '80s, that was like really skinny, tall models, you know. Yeah. And now it's like um, a thin waist and a, you know, a more voluptuous bottom and top. Yeah. So like the culture has kind of have a symbiosis with the way we sure. look at beauty. Absolutely. And I think if we weren't connected like we are today, it would be more so the beauty of the or the uh, eyes of the beholder. Because then it would it would truly be more closer to this person's opinion versus this person's opinion. But we're so interconnected, it's so it's so it's such a common perspective. Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent correct. I mean, you look at the '90s, um, like like Jennifer Aniston, like Jennifer Aniston, like you look at her like on Friends in the '90s. Jennifer, Jennifer, I'm slurring my words because we've been drinking for a while. But sorry, sorry to the listeners, but uh, Jennifer Aniston was sort of the the epitome of beauty she was sort of the gold standard for beauty in this country and then you look at like 2010 it was kim kardashian and they have very very different body types you know um i don't know how we got to this from health but i mean absolutely just, to, just your point is absolutely yeah. right culture does affect that and i think i'm not a huge fan of kim k i think jennifer anderson is very attractive and i think curvy women like kim and k is very attractive but there is sort of cultural waves where we do find a specific body type attractive. And a lot of that has to do with the environment, you know, like a wealth gut. Like back in the 1800s, if you had a beer belly, it was attractive because it means that you were well fed. It means that you were eating a lot. It means that you were successful in life. You know, now it's not like that. Now, you know, I guess dad bods are in, but uh, <laughs> but, but like abs he's are. He's so caring and loving for yeah. his children. <laughs> he's so warm. He's like a polar bear. He just generates heat. God, but he has a huge heart. <laughs> The biggest heart in town. But no, I mean, I think it's a great transfer point because I mean, three top, uh, three topics, fitness and then nature was the second one. So I mean, that, that jumps right into like coevolution and symbiosis. Like how far we've dragged ourselves away from nature has influenced our perspectives on reality so much. It's ridiculous. Like when we were wearing loincloths, living under giant loincloths, fucking cut from branches, like. I couldn't even imagine the perspective we had, but it was so much more closer to nature. And I envy that. I really hate that we have such a modernized perspective. And it's not even that. Like, I think we live in a great time, but it's just the things that are influencing us are not great. You're absolutely right. The, the way I see it is, is is we live in the best time in human history, period. We don't have to deal with bears. We have medicine. There's so, we, have, right. we, have, we have advanced agriculture. There's so many different variables that make our life significantly better than the people who literally rode horses from Virginia to California. There's so many differences. However, with comfort comes our own problems. You know, you look mm-hmm. at you look at America. America, we are going through a phase where we have everything at our fingertips. I mean, you can literally get onto this device, this iPhone, and you can you can watch two people fuck. You can literally watch a lion eat a gazelle. You can do math. You can do anything on this iPhone. But everybody's unhappy. Everybody's arguing this because when we don't have a singular focus, like what am I going to eat? What happens if this fucking flood destroys my house? My kid's about <laughs> right. to fucking die because he's sick and we don't have the medicine. When you don't have these problems, 
we naturally create our own problems and we specifically cultural problems we have all these cultural problems and it's because we're not dealing with real fucking problems that humans have been dealing with for uh 10,000 years you know it's it's there's there's a lot of different things it's just uh, there, there's 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 a writer i read his book and he he wrote more in depth about it i can't remember because like i said we've been drinking but uh he wrote a book about like the psychos the psychology behind not having to worry about food and shelter when you don't have to worry about food and shelter and everything's just fine you start to create problems because we are a working breed humans are a working breed we're designed to solve problems that's what separates us from apes is our own humanity love loss things of this nature so we're, we're just designed if we don't have a problem we'll create a problem and quite frankly quite frankly i don't think there's a single problem in this country that's of real merit because we have all the food we need we have all the shelter we need if you're homeless you can get free shelter if you're homeless you can get free food there's so many things that we we take care of our people and as a byproduct of this comfort we, we're, we're creating our own our own problems which is why you have like these weird movies like the purge where we are romanticizing um, we're romanticizing an apocalypse because we don't have an apocalypse because everything's so good that we're creating. That's a fucking fascinating point. I don't think I've ever de- dove into this ideology much before. But to continue on that point, uh, you're saying that because we don't have to, we don't have to think about our needs yes. as much as we used to. Now yes. that we're looking at our wants, we're creating bigger problems than we should have because biologically, we're naturally trying to look for something to overcome everybody's depressed everybody has anxiety everybody's fucking unhappy as opposed to everybody having to deal with a fucking bear eating your kids and right. i have a fucking there's a drought and we can't grow food it's just it's 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 the same reality just different problems we don't have to focus on these basic human necessities and now we fantasize about a utopia that isn't even a reality exactly. so people are trying to reach this utopia so much and so desperately that we're creating these problems like why aren't we housing the fucking homeless with all these open houses that are up for sale because of capitalism but like that's not even a problem they're still not even starving even though they don't have houses to live in because there are people maybe it's minuscule but there's still enough generous people to open a homeless shelter and feed them for free like you're saying there's really no big problem that has merit in this country i actually probably wouldn't have agreed with you yesterday about that you just opened my eyes so much on that you guys the listeners of hugh finger podcast just listen to me have an epiphany and it's a beautiful moment that's actually really fucking awesome and the problem is in this country is like i said we're, we're creating problems so like and everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to get on social media and talk about this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. But nobody wants to go fucking build a house for a homeless guy. Nobody wants to go grow food and give it to a homeless guy. Nobody wants to take their hard-earned money and give it to a homeless guy. But we, we have all these fucking opinions. We have, nobody gives a fuck. We have so many opinions and nobody's taking action. So it's, they're, they're, it's hard to take people serious and take the validity of their, their opinions serious because it's like you could... <sighs> You, you 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 could help more. People could do more if you actually cared about what's going on in this country. I don't know. I don't want to talk about politics. That's not what I, mean. I don't. I don't talk about politics. Maybe he has a comment. So you said we have the best out of anybody, and I agree with you. This is the best time to be alive. But are we the happiest generation? Fuck no. Fuck and no. And why is that? Like I said, we're creating our own problems. We we have a psychological crisis in this country. In the fucking 1800s, there was a food. Well, there is still a food crisis, but there there was all these different issues that we dealt with. It's, it's like like I said, like I said, we are a human monkey. We're primates. We deal with how are we going to get like Sigmund Freud said. 
with the 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 human human humans uh the true fuck i don't know we only we only really need to figure out how are we going to eat what's our shelter and who are we going to have sex with because we are primates but we're meant to survive this is so easy we have kroger grocery stores and free housing it's so fucking easy so we're creating these things like anxiety and we're just like absolutely not I don't think I don't like think fight anxiety. or flight those I think is what he's saying. I think I think I suffer from anxiety and depression. I think it's weak. I think it's a weakness. I think it's a weakness when, when, inside of us. I think I think I think the only way that you can survive on an earth that has bears and disease and tornadoes is with anxiety, I feel like. It's not with anxiety, it's with being it's with being a very well rounded, strong person. You know, anxieties is you caving into these fears and I suffer from it. I, I suffer from it on the way over here. You know, but do you feel like the fears in the past were more legitimate? Like, fuck yeah, dude. There's yeah, a different I, I, fear I between that's being scared of public speaking and getting eaten by a fucking bear. Oh, There's a specific difference between Well, I think that's what, what he's saying. implementing what that, like, the fight or flight mechanism that we're biologically programmed with is now being implemented in different areas, unnecessary areas, such as, like, well, depression and anxiety yeah. that you are suffering from just coming over here and doing a radio show because you don't have to starve or worry about anything like that, but you're got to go... But, but, but record that, yourself and you have anxiety about that because your fight or flight mechanism doesn't have to react in the natural way it was supposed to. Now it's implemented in a social, cultural aspect of you know, the advanced technology. Like I said, we're creating our own problems. So we exactly. need problems. Like creating your own problems. Like what saying. separates yeah. us from monkeys is our own consciousness that we can, we're problem solvers. We, we make iPhones, we fall in love, we create apps, we play Xbox. That's what separates us from monkeys. God, so that's a great time. I fucking love Xbox. That's what I'm saying. So when we God. don't have, when we don't have these crazy monumental problems that will kill our mortality we just create our own problems and then that that creates all these separate issues these social issues exactly man i, I fucking have like i'm a well-spoken person most of the time when i'm not you know drinking too much or whatever but i still have anxiety like i'm a personable person i'm well-spoken you know blah 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 but i still have anxiety every time i talk to somebody except for the people i'm really close with like i'm a very heavily medicated person and i totally agree right exactly so it's uh and it's, it's just like but when i'm camping that's why i love camping because when i'm out there i feel no fear and if there's noises i my fucking fight mechanism comes in i'm like I'm get the machete go. get a yes. torch let's fuck this bear up and i'm probably gonna die but it's so which much is so backwards from the back in the day because people used to just communicate with people regularly but now and then there'd be like a bear coming fuck but right. now we're like a podcast oh my god i'm so nervous but then right. like, then you go in the woods and you're like there's a bear let's fucking get exactly but yeah man that's man that's a really good point i really haven't that's thought about that too much but man i really do feel so much better out in nature i mean and the cool thing is like about the time we live in if you are a well-rounded conscious person like you spoke of you can bring your freaking Flip four fucking speaker and the download of music on your phone. Go out there with some Led Zeppelin, some guy, fucking Leonard Skinner. Have a great time and drink beer that's bottled in glass that's formed with fire. Because back then we didn't have fucking wheels to go across country. We were on fucking horseback. Oh my god, my my brain is just exploding. And you right get now. the best of both worlds. You get the best of uh, 100 BC and you get the best of uh, exactly. 2018. You get to experience nature. Now, honestly, I think a lot of that has to do with we. You know, the internet's my favorite thing just because it has the answer to everything. But I think a lot of that stimulus, I think a lot of that stimulus can make us crazy. So for me, going back to health, as we were talking about, I personally think that one of the healthiest things that I do is getting blackout drunk at least once a week. And the reason why that is, is whenever I get blackout drunk, it just resets my mind. So all the stress, all the anger, all the anxiety, all the depression that I get from running a company 
and you know fully supporting myself and just being a human trying to live my life for whatever reason getting really really drunk resets that and when you do that in nature when you do that when you're out just away from the city away from instagram away from uh your crazy ass ex-girlfriend you just reset your brain with alcohol and you reset your brain inside of that sort of safe space Honestly, man, I know there's a lot of people who would disagree with me because alcohol has a very negative stigma in this country. I personally believe that's the healthiest thing that you can do. You can reset all of the weird, um, all of just the weird stuff that you you get from this comfort that we have. You know, I, I I personally think it's super healthy. I think it's super healthy just to reset your brain, specifically out in the forest, because there's no, there's just it's it's not necessarily stress free, but it's just different. It's just nice to have something different, which is why traveling is healthy, right? Because yeah. you're just getting a different, you're just getting a different scenery, you're getting a different vibe. It's nice to have your for your brain to have a different vibe because that's how you get in a rut. Yeah, exactly. And I think most people think it'd be unhealthy just because like they're not practicing what you're practicing. You're going and getting drunk once a week, blackout drunk. The reason it has a negative stigma is because these bitches don't know moderation, and they're getting fucked up every night doing Xanax bars and doing whatnot, mixing, the, and they're not having a pure like conscious moment they're just getting fucked up and passing the time because they're so anxious that they don't have to fight for their food wow why is everything tying back to that they're just really tripping me out in a way but um derp derp but um practicing moderation with a lot of things like like our last podcast we had with honeycut the psychedelics you know, we got these hippies out here, which I do not like hippies. I will fucking straight up say that. I have a hippie heart, but I do not have a hippie lifestyle. Because the hippie life is glorified, but if you really have been there like we have, yeah. you see that these hippies, quote-unquote loving hippies, they will absolutely break you. They will break you, man. They are they're living this lifestyle. They're not out here for just the weekend. When they leave this festival, they're going to go to another festival. And when that one's over, they're going to another festival. And what they're doing is they're just selling drugs to do drugs. Selling drugs to do drugs to go to the next festival and live a lifestyle of being fucked up. And that's why drugs have a negative stigma in this country or in this world, period, because nobody's practicing moderation. Nobody's looking at this looking the science behind different substances because it's taboo nobody's really enjoying their self and expanding their consciousness and self-reflecting they're just getting fucked up to numb their brain and pass the time and i think that's why it's so healthy for you because i've known you for a long time and you're one of the most conscious self-aware person i'm i know it's actually kind of creepy i appreciate that man. yeah you're welcome you're welcome you're a creepy dude and i love you but uh <laughs> fucking true I know. i'm a weird dude i always have been but and you know you know as well as I do I've been a big pothead for years and I've had trouble with moderation and eventually it just became a high or something I, I had to do. I'm but still a hippie though. I'm, I'm still a hippie though. I, I completely agree, man. The hippie lifestyle is uh, if you don't have the bankroll to at least get you a plot of land or something where you can sort of practice your beliefs in peace, you're just sort of walking down a dead end road. You know, we've been, I mean, drugs will take you on a ride and the only ride that is taking you is down unless you can control it through moderation, through exactly. some kind of security net. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think the major issue with hippies um, and just people in general is this idea that we should always be happy, that we should always be peaceful. I personally don't believe in happiness or peace, but I believe in love and work ethic. I think love and work ethic are the most important things in this universe, but I think that peace and happiness are, are just absolutely unattainable. It's fool's gold because if you're, if you're peaceful in this world where anything can go wrong, you can get bit by a mosquito and die, right. you're just, you're setting yourself up for failure, but love man love's very important and, and this idea that 
you know, when you see relationships and people are like, um, they're like, like, if it's meant to be, it'll be. That's the most cowardly fucking bullshit ever. If it's meant to be, make Preach. it be. Make it fucking be. Yes. Love is the most important thing in life, and you have to work on that love, which is why work ethic is the most important. If you got a fucking kid and you and that kid aren't fucking close, work on that relationship. It's not because your personality is different than his personality. Work on it. If you and your girl aren't doing fucking well, it's not this fucking. If it's meant to be, it's fucking meant to be. If you think it's meant to be, you're a fucking coward. You got to go into the deep depths of what's fucking hurting you, what's hurting her, what's hurting you all as a couple, and you got to fucking work on that. It's, it's such a cowardly mentality. And that's the problem with the whole hippie movement is this, this idea that we should always be happy and we should always be peaceful. And it's like, no, no. Emotions are normal. Like being sad is fucking normal. You can't be happy if you're not sad. It's the simple yin yang. It's mm. the it's the contrast to life. You have well to be said. sad. You have to be. You have to feel pain in order for any of this to matter. So you, it's just a it's just a matter of being able to manage these emotions better. It's like the it's like the warrior in the garden. Like he's ready to fuck you up, but he still tends to his garden. He still grows tomatoes. He still plays his harp. He still lives a peaceful lifestyle. But he's gonna fuck you up because he understands that there's fucking. Uh, there's there's entities inside of uh, of the world and the universe that are there designed to kill you. Cancer, uh, apex predators, storms, asteroids, fucking apocalypse. There's a lot of stuff that's, but it doesn't mean that <laughs> it doesn't mean that you should live in this constant state of just perpetual happiness because that's th that that breeds mental illness. That's why all these fucking kids are sick. Oh, so they, that's basically just ignorance. Yes, that's, that's just mass ignorance. ignorance. Yeah. That was really well said. That's one of my, you know, that's actually one of my favorite quotes of all time. I would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Fuck yeah, man. Man, that is so well put. And you know, lift weights and be nice to people. Exactly. Lift weights and be nice to people. Choke motherfuckers out and help fucking people. Yeah. It's a balance. It's moderation. Hell yeah. Fuck man, that's man. You got me over. My heart rate's up. I'm over here pumping. I need to do a fucking. Couple bench presses. I'm just happy I'm talking to you, man. We don't get to do this a lot. I know, and it's even cooler because it's on a mic and people are going to hear it and actually get to explore their own consciousness and their own thoughts about what we think. And, you know, I've never looked at it like um, love and work ethic. And you said that happiness and peace is not attainable. I have one question. Is it is it not like it's not permanently attainable, but it's, is, it moment, is it momentarily attainable? I think, I think if you – I think if you are – Yes, I mean it's momentarily. We all have these moments. But it's not like you can be in this perpetual state of happiness. Fuck no. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. What I what I what I mean, I mean, you could you could be you could be a cloud spitter at the gorge at fucking sunset and be high out of your mind, and feel this moment of peace, this moment of clarity, and that's perfectly normal. But to try and harness and maintain that feeling over okay, yeah. years. It, it you're you're walking through a dead end because if you don't experience all these shitty times that meaning won't have any any meaning which is basic basic knowledge we all know this but what, what i'm essentially trying to say is that the reason why i believe in work ethic so much because love 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 is self-explanatory love is the most powerful entity in the yeah, universe if anybody disagrees with that they're ignorant yes love is the most powerful thing in this universe but the reason why i say work ethic and i i i developed his own personal of uh, 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 um, um, personal fuck he's getting me off track I can't I forgot what I was talking about uh, love is the most powerful thing in this universe and when it comes to a oh work ethic the reason I believe in work ethic is because anything hate fucking super important hate super important because not everything is fucking great in the world there's fucking Nazis. There's fucking Nazis, bro. We gotta hate them dudes. We gotta fuck. Them. We gotta hate them. We gotta fuck them up. We gotta fuck them up. They can't be walking around. But anyway, back to 
back back to what I was saying though is 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 uh, the reason why I believe in work ethic so much is because work ethic is just finely tuned energy. It's just very finely tuned energy, and it's just I keep losing my track. I thought y'all y'all figure out what y'all what are y'all figuring out? But um. Just out. We're going to take a good 10 minute break. Just pause it. Anyway. Okay. We're going to break? All right. I'm just going to take a break. I got to pee anyway. This guy named Dean pees so hard. So Well, often. I still got to pee, so can we take a break? I mean, like, I, mean I was just like comment on your pee. <laughs> you, pee you, you pee more while you're here than I pee in the entire day. I, think. Uh, I pee more than that than you even imagine. That's what I'm saying. While you're here. Sorry about that. Cole abruptly just got up and took a whiz, and you know me, the finger with an overactive bladder, I had to join him. So we took a piss break, and we're back. But, um, yeah, I love that song. That's a Vela of Maya false idol album. The song name is Fracture, and we do not own the rights to that. But I do own the rights of the gnarly fucking motivation I get from it. So you and I were talking about peace and happiness being basically unattainable only in momentary aspects and then love and work ethic being like the most important values of life and that's just my personal beliefs we all we all live in a different reality that's just my personal beliefs for for my reality right in which i'm i'm moving with your reality right now and honestly i kind of agree even with my own perceptions and knowledge that i've attained through my life but I was going to continue that momentary happiness and peace aspect into music, which is your third top topic <laughs> that you said was uh, your most well-versed topics. So in this music aspect, the momentary happiness and peace that you get from music, I think is really important as well, as, as is love and work ethic. But love and work ethic is important as a continual thing that you're trying to obtain because it's not just fleeting love is everywhere people are everywhere when you connect with people you love when you connect with your craft you love it just like work ethic aspect but that momentary happiness and peace that you can attain momentarily but not you know just continually through your life you can't just be peacefully happy ignorant dumbo for fucking 50 years but we uh discussed on the psychedelic podcast with honey tripping all honey that when you're doing LSD, your 5-HT2A receptor is mostly responsible for the aspects of that trip. But when you listen to music while you're on it, that receptor is activated like three times over. So music literally is amplifying the self-dissolving properties of any kind of hallucinogen. The, the serotonin within the 5-HTP. Yes, exactly. Serotonin release. Yeah. But, um... So on that, but it's it's only songs that are important to you. So that's what I want to get into. What songs are important to you? What are your, if you can, if you can, your top three favorite songs? And if you can't do songs, just do artists. It's such a that's such a hard question. Uh, 
Man, I love all kinds of music. You know, music, the, the, one of the beauties of music is it's very indescribable of how it makes you feel. Like, music just makes you feel good. It doesn't make any sense. But my first and foremost favorite band of all time is is, is hands down Led Zeppelin. I, I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. It's because I, I listened to it so much as a kid as that once I got off the farm. Like, it was, it was such a – it's been such a – uh, background music to my life for so many years so I definitely love Led Zeppelin um, I love beats like I, I genuinely just love anything with a good beat I sort of just like just music with no lyrics like an instrumental anything man instrumentals just any good beat man like like even like ACDC like I, I don't want to say that ACDC originated the 808 but like ACDC there was such <laughs> a, there was such a thud to ACDC that just yeah. your blood going but yeah Definitely Led Zeppelin. Um, Led Zeppelin, by the way, is my favorite band as well. For sure. I know we both already know Hell that, yeah, but yeah. I just want to let the listeners know we're yeah. the same person on that. We bonded over Led Zeppelin a lot over the years. Oh, for sure. Um, got weird. My second favorite rock band, I'm going to say this because not a lot of people like them, uh, but my second favorite uh, rock band is for sure the Black Angels. They're from Austin, Texas, man. The Whoa. Black Angels. Never even heard of them. For some reason, nobody has heard of them and nobody likes them, but they're my second favorite band of all time. The Black Angels are fucking incredible. They're like a psychedelic uh, grunge rock. Uh, very, very good. I mean, they, they, they've released, I believe, seven albums. Wow. I went deep into their discography. Uh, God damn it, I can't say that. Discography? Uh, yes. A few days ago, they've released a lot of good stuff, but um, I love the Black Angels. I love hip-hop. I love anything, like I said, with a good beat. Uh, Mac Miller just released a great album. I love Mac. He released new music? Yes, it's called Swimming. It's very different, though. It's very different. Uh, one of the things I love about Mac is it's almost like every time Mac Miller releases an album, it's almost it reflects what I'm going through in life. It's almost like me and Mac Miller like evolved together. Like, well, he is about the same age, right? We're like the same age, and we both have that same ugly ass red beard. Like, it's, <laughs> almost, it's almost like we're the same dude. He's just extremely more talented than me. So, like, I love Mac's music. Uh, but yeah, man, I love everything. I love uh, I love Frank Sinatra. I love Daniel Caesar. Daniel Caesar released a great album. I love a lot of a lot of a lot of different music, man. I love everything except for, and I know everybody's gonna get pissed, but I love everything but uh, heavy metal and the current country music on the radio station. But I, love I agree with the second one. I, I'm a big heavy metal I fan. I fucking hate heavy metal. Well, just they're gonna leave that topic. <laughs> <laughs> but I do definitely hate the new country music. But honestly, recently I just got into country music probably a year or two. Well, there's a lot ago. of good country music. Like, there's a lot of guys, specifically out of Kentucky, guys like Tyler, Tyler Childers, Childer, Chris Stapleton, Sturgill, yes. Sturgill Simpson. Yes. There's a lot of great guys. And by the way, all those guys are from Lexington, which is super dope if you're from Lexington. Uh, there's a lot of other guys. Guys like Coulter Wall. He's from Canada. Coulter Can Wall, bro. He's got an enticing voice. You know what's weird about Coulter Wall is he's from Canada, but he really? makes like a very Appalachia-type music. But Coulter really Wall, does. I love Coulter Wall, man. There's a lot of good country music out there. I just really don't like... Um, I just really don't like a lot of stuff that's on the radio. Well, I kind of generalize every genre of music on the radio as just pop because it's just what's popular. Yeah. You know, what, what do people in that culture want to hear? The yeah. ignorant parts of this subculture, what do they want to hear? Yeah. Like this pop radio for music or uh, country music, I mean, uh, beer. My girl, my truck, <laughs> my tracker, my goddamn so mama, true, my dog. <laughs> so true. Shit, the dip can ring in my fucking back pocket. You got a fish. It's so fucking sad, man. You can't, you can't get no vibes from fucking country music, man. 
It's, it's so it's, fucking it just, sad. It just translates into materialism. I grew up on Waylon Jennings shit. and Willie Nelson. That's what I grew Waylon up Jennings. on. Bro, fucking Waylon. Waylon's the man. He'll, ter- he'll tear on your heartstrings. But it's just these fucking rhinestone cowboys, man. Just the fucking little outfits and all the weird shit, man. It's just, it's too much for me. I just don't really, I don't, I just don't enjoy it. I think it's like I was saying, I really enjoy a good beat. I, I sort of consider myself a beatsmith. I like to make beats. I uh, just enjoy a really good beat. Um, so I think a lot of times. Um, so so your top favorite band is Led Zeppelin. For sure, without doubt. So that's number one. I love one. Led Zeppelin, man. Do you have a number two band or artist? Uh, I have a top five, I guess. Uh, well, let's, let's I, have top top five, I have top fives within uh, genres. So it's hard. I'm, Led Zeppelin is definitely. Okay, let's say top three in classic rock. Classic rock. Because that's one of my favorite genres. That's so hard, man. That's so hard. Uh, De- okay, Led Zeppelin. Oh, man, that's so hard. I'm trying to think. Um, I love the Stones. Rolling Stones is awesome. I love the Rolling Stones. Interesting. Yeah. I love Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner's good. Um, man, I love. That's almost like stuff. Southern classic rock. Well, that's a, like a subgenre, so we'll, we won't get technical. That's too much. Same time period. But I do love Leonard. Jimmy Skinner. fucking Hendrix too, man. Jimmy Hendrix, man. That dude tapped into the fucking ether. I'm so sad he died at 27. Like the. Yeah. But but anyway, I, I love Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy was a very special human being. Um, I love so you would say Led Zeppelin. And then what? Rolling Stones or uh, Leonard Skinner? Let's say, let's sell those two. Between those two, I guess yeah. I like a lot of other people, but that's the top of uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, I, li- I like those people. I love Purple Haze. Purple by, by Jimmy. By Jimmy. Yes. That's one of my favorites. Yes. Of course. Jimmy's September eighteenth, nineteen seventy. Is that when he died, or Dude, he died two days before our birthday? Oh, by the way, Dean the Finger and Cold Motherfucking Wu Tang. We're both born on September 20th. I'm a year older, but he looks five years older than me. No, not five. It looks, you, just, you just have a thick beard and a masculine build. I'm just saying. Also, I don't believe in lotion, and I think it's a big byproduct of he's that. He's got some pretty callous skin. <laughs> <laughs> he's going he's gonna to cut you with his fingertips. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. We're the same person. That's so weird. We were born on September actually, 20th. Actually, hold on. I don't okay. think I look older than you anymore. So I've been taking. I've been. I've been doing. I've been doing quite a bit of uh, green tree extract lotion. Green tree. Oh, I so you I learned would, how to use lotion. I for sure. Yes, <laughs> for sure. I, I I invested in lotion, but I think for a long time I definitely looked five years older than you. But I quit smoking cigarettes and I started using lotion. And I kept smoking cigarettes and I never used lotion. So, so I think we, we both up to each other. I think bit. I'm at least two years older than you. I think it's down from five. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with that. I mean, I don't get ID'd as much when I'm going to buy a candy oh, bar. Oh God, I never get ID'd. I never get ID'd. Jealous. I go buy a five five hour energy, and they're like, "Are you sure you're old enough to buy this? <laughs> Do I have to be 18 for a five hour?" Except for the speedway by my house. The speedway by my house. I've been. I I live on uh, the speedway on Angliana Ave in Lexington, Kentucky. For whatever reasons, I've bought like. Five fucking thousand dollars in liquor from them in the last three years, and they still ID me every time. It's like, dude, like, we fucking got hammered together. You're gonna fucking ID <laughs> like, me bro, like, I got drunk in your store. Yes. Like, I chugged fucking beers in the beer cave, dog. That's kind of weird, man. When I was younger, I uh, what's better bands than your bullshit, man? Uh, I think he's just saying that metal is better than our music. First of all, Fleet Foxes is music. not metal. Fleet Foxes, Tyler Childers are both not metal. Fleet Foxes is indie slash folk. Well, I'm, well no, no, no. Fleet Foxes isn't indie. They're, they have a maybe label. he's just generalizing it. Just saying better bands than anybody's bullshit. Better bands than Led Zeppelin, hands down. 
like oh, I said, like I said, well. <laughs> like I said, Led Zeppelin is my favorite band due to the time that I've spent listening to Led Zeppelin. It's the yeah, moments that's a that matter. Personal mattered. connection. Like I said, it's the backdrop to my life that's mattered. I do love Fleet Fox. I listened to like all their albums the other day driving to London. I do love. Who is Fleet Fox anyway? Fleet Foxes is a band from Portland, Oregon. Uh, they make very good music. They make very good music. But uh, so. <laughs> Just to dive into the Tyler Childers thing, because I am just the biggest fucking Tyler Childers fan. I'm not saying I'm a bigger fan than you. I don't want to get into that. You might be. But I, I, learned, I cover I seven Tyler of his songs on the guitar. You. You, you introduced me to Tyler. That is true. I, I always yep. forget about that. Yep, you learned. And then, I, you know you know who, uh, who is Luke Landis. Yeah. My boy, if you're listening, thank you for introducing me to Tyler Childers that night. We were doing a lot of drugs in the car. <laughs> Listening to Tyler Childers. That shit got me wild. What was As it? White House Road was the first Fuck yeah. fucking song I ever I love the heard. live version. That's a banger. Man. Sniffing that cocaine. Ain't nothing better when mm. the wind cuts cold. Mm. Mm. Oh, my God. I, I want to get my guitar out. Shit, we're going to make this podcast a fucking musical session right now. Just for the listeners, the guy that produces this is making a better bands than Les Zeppelin list. Uh, I've never heard of anybody called Baby Metal, Porcupine Tree. Baby Metal's a K-pop band. And that's, oh, he just threw his headset. Sorry. He's J-pop. freaking the fuck out it's currently J-pop. as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Which only Baby Huey listens to these people. Yeah. I listen to him when I'm over here because he forces me to. Yeah. <laughs> you know you love Opeth a lot, man. Okay, I do love Opeth. I love Animals as Leaders. Tyler Childers is great. Of course, we all can agree on that. First of all, Tyler Childers is not better than Led Zeppelin. I do love Tyler, but he's not better than Led Zeppelin. You are tripping. You are tripping. tripping. Okay, Tyler has an iconic voice, but you have Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, John Bon John. Tripping. You are tripping. In Eric's defense, he gets bored with the tempo. It's not even the it's not even the music. In Eric's defense, he doesn't know anything about music, so that's it's okay. He's understanding. I named like fifteen bands that are like fifteen okay. bands that did the soundtrack to fucking Final Fantasy Four. So there's no there's. <laughs> He's getting sweaty, boys. I think we're offending Baby Huey. I'm trying to be the mediator. <laughs> I like both these genres. I don't want to be hated. Okay, so in Eric's defense, he was in. A band played all this is getting cut out years. by the way. I know this he's is not a technical the guy, he gets all the notes, he knows how to play complicated rhythms. So, to him, a slow tempo is boring. So, I get why he doesn't like certain things. The only reason he likes t- Tyler Childers is because I sing it. He likes to listen to sad boys, boys like wearing mascara, like hey, crying man, into a microphone. Crying into a microphone. I'm the saddest boy that ever lived. How the sm- boy, Iggy Pop is a bitch. <laughs> Iggy Pop is way more doper than fucking Led Zeppelin. Boy, my dick is way more doper According than According to what? Tattoos. Some news? No, I mean, my personal opinion. You can Iggy Pop these uh, nuts. Did you write that article? No, I mean, like, my, I was like, a very bad. blunt letter circa 1995. Yeah. Real pop strong dislike for the, of the rock legends. Bro, I mean, Iggy, Iggy Pop, Pop is a is punk dope. is a punk fucking artist. Of what course he's not going to like Led Zeppelin. What's Iggy Pop? He's a fucking just a Is dude. that not a candy bar? He's a bar? fucking dude who had an opinion and now we're talking about. He's a, some dude who had an opinion and now we're looking at it on TV. My this man's is out here trying to fucking say that my favorite band of all time, even though music is art and art is subjective, it's all subjective. It's in the beauty is in the eye of beholder, like I said earlier. It's all subjective, so we don't have to make a fucking list. I'm making a list. I got to get eggs, nuts. milk, bread, um, 
This is never making air, by the way. I just realized this. Why? Why is it offensive? I'm not getting defensive, bro. What's making air? A list of like 15 people who did the Dynasty Warriors soundtrack, and it doesn't make. Hey guys, music's subjective. Music is subjective. Nobody's right or wrong, but I'm gonna say I'm always right. So fuck off. That's an opinionative list. I'm gonna disregard that. But anyway, I'm I'm gonna get back on. I'm sorry. So honestly, like I said, music subjective, so you don't have to like. So honestly, me? I'm attacking you because you made a fucking list of better bands than Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so nobody's better than Led Zeppelin. Like Man, I Cole said, Led Zeppelin is my favorite band because I spent a lot of time. Listen to Led Zeppelin through my formative years. And that's a personal connection. I'm trying, I've am trying. i been trying to say connection. that. Let's drop the list. Nobody gives a fuck whose band is better than anybody else's band. We all like different bands. I'm trying to ask Cole what his favorite band is, and he gave me a list. And fuck that list. It's pretty funny, though. Because <laughs> everybody's mad. <laughs> bro, we'd just be getting fucking heated on the fucking human. Why are you mad, bro? Bro, I'd just be getting mad sometimes. Multiple sad face. <laughs> but, uh, but <laughs> I absolutely hate everything. This is going to um, go two, one of two ways. Like, we're going to get more viewers. We're going to get more viewers, or, or everybody's going to send us hate mail. We for sure should delete this because it's going to get fucking investigated. But, anyways. So, I was riding in the car the other day, and don't judge me, guys, because I know this has been a heated, intelligent argument. That's sarcasm, by the way, if you guys can't read. But, um,. We've had a very serious, intelligent conversation about different <laughs> musical opinions, and I'm just going to tell you right now, I was in the car the other day by myself, and a Selena Gomez song came on my Pandora, and I fucking rocked out. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. That chick was, like, just making me cry. She was making me think about my girlfriend, which I love a million. And uh, I really got down. So let's just shout out to Selena Gomez for really breaking the stigma of this conversation. Do you remember the first time? Or just doing the finger because I really lowered it there for a second. Do you remember when I got arrested? Uh, were you there that night in the like that abandoned house? I got the abandoned dude. The house that was for sale. We rolled up literally twenty joints, put them in a ziploc bag, yeah. snuck out of your window when we were what, like fifteen? Nah, I think. Well, you were fifteen. I was fourteen. So we I were was fourteen, little, 15, yeah, fourteen, fifteen, something like that. We fucking. Oh my god, it was the most conspicuous shit ever. We like walked around the neighborhood like we were up to something. There was no hiding <laughs> shit. We weren't just like, you know, we're walking through the streets, whatever. Like I know now if you don't act suspicious, then you're not suspicious. But we were looking everywhere. So we go back there to that porch. That's what you're talking about, right? We well, the, just the point I was trying to make is once we got arrested, I was on house arrest for a while and the only show that I had access to, I didn't have anything to do. I was like stared at a wall for like a fucking year. But the only thing that I had access to was Wizards of Waverly Place with Selena Gomez. And I fell in love with Selena Gomez. Like I was so in love with Selena Gomez, but that's, that's that was my point. That was my point. I never really watched um, the Wizards of Waverly. It was Place. actually a good show. That I was a Disney show, it. right? It was for sure on Disney. Yeah, it was on Disney. I did love Disney when I was younger, but I was a Zack and Cody fan like no other. Me too. I love Zack and Cody. Like, man, Cody's I wish I was the chubby one. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing well. Maybe not. He seems like he's doing better mentally because yeah. he's like, whatever, fuck. I'm yeah. eating some food. I'm rich. Sure. Like, but the skinny one looks all cracked out, like Macaulay Culkin. But even, even though I said that. I'm going to show some respect to Macaulay Culkin because I thought he was a complete cokehead until I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast. I didn't watch it. Was it good? He was just on Joe Rogan. He is so surprisingly normal. Is he really? Yes. It blows me away. Did he seem crazy, though? Did he seem crazy? Okay, so 
this is my consensus. Joe was trying to like put on this whole thing, right? Yeah. He's like, you're remarkably normal. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he puts his glasses on, pulls them out of his fucking denim jacket with fucking ribbons pinned to it and shit. And he's got like fingernails that are painted black stripes and shit. But uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, people are so, uh, it's so surprised at how normal I am. I'm like, well, I mean, you're not really normal, but you're way more normal than I suspected. Because <laughs> he was a child actor, you know? Yeah. And even Joe was like, so do you, like, you know, call up child actors like Jodie Foster <laughs> and, like, hey, you all right? <laughs> like, because I'm fucking freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, no, 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 we don't, like, call each other. It's a weird, weird cult call, but we do have our weekly meetings where we primal scream. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay, so he's funny, he's intelligent, he's a little eccentric, but he's not fucking off the wall doing coke. I think the peop- well, the reason people think he's doing coke and he's off the wall is because he's really skinny and really pale. And he was doing coke and being off the walls, but he's got his shit together currently. Oh, okay, so I'm just <laughs> totally misinformed. <laughs> I think I think he was going nuts for a long time, and now he's just like a, an adult man who's like, you know what, I did a lot of coke. Well, because I think, well, he, I, he's a festival hopper. He's a rich hippie. Because he had a denim That's jacket. That's the dream, though, being a rich guy. Right? That's, That's the what fucking I'm saying. dream. And he had, he had fingernails that were painted like black stripes. And he had like a denim jacket on with like some participation ribbon, like crudely fucking safety pinned onto it to the front. Like he gave no effort into it. You know, he's kind of like, he's eccentric. He's free-flowing, trying to express his creative side. And But I mean, fuck, dude, he's a child actor. He's got fucking millions of dollars. And he said on the podcast that... um he has he barely has ever touched the money he's made from home alone he lives off the interest that the bank gives him from his deposits hmm. and now he has his own podcast he has his own website he's making money and not touching any of the money he made from home alone that's pretty interesting barely any so the dude is loaded you know it there's four of them, oh for right? sure four yeah. of them oh, was it sure. four three or four at least three i know there's home alone one two and three yeah at least three. maybe four the dude's rich period but dude honestly i really enjoyed it it was honestly really close to the Steven Tyler episode. But that's the best podcast I've ever heard, period, ever. The Steven Tyler one? Yes, dude. I'm telling you, he's such an eccentric, good guy. It's re- he's really interesting. He's got good energy. He comes on there just live as fuck. I like the Steven Tyler one. I like the Kid Cudi one a little better, though. The Kid Cudi one was fucking dope. Because Kid Cudi, to me, is like a... Kid Cudi is like one of my hero heroes. Like Honestly, across yeah. the board, like with LeBron James and all them cats. Like, Kid Cudi's one of my... Well, I asked you about your top three. My top three... Is Led Zeppelin, Kid Cudi, fuck yeah, and then fucking um, Logic. Logic? Yeah, I'm a, I'm not even a huge hip hop fan like I used to be. Yeah, I listen to more country and rock than I do than I used to, but still, Logic and Kid Cudi they have a way. Yeah, of putting their flow and their lyrics together. Kid Cudi especially, that's why he's two and Logic's three. Do you like Kid Cudi's new album? With Kanye? Uh, wait, what, with Kanye? Yeah, Kanye's been producing albums for a lot of people like Kid Cudi and Nas, and it's not been going well, in my opinion. In my opinion. So Kanye produced Kid Cudi's album. Yeah, it was not. I'll have to check it out. But his his album before that, I'm suppose I suppose is uh, Passion, Love, and Demon Slaying. Have you heard that one? When he he's like shirtless on the cover, and it's just like a purple. Yeah, it's a black background. Yeah, yeah and his 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 abs are popping. Yeah. That was a beautiful album. And he produced all the beats on there. And he wrote all the lyrics. He did it all independent. You know, he actually separated himself from his label uh, five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. I'm not for sure on that. But I know he separated himself from his old album, or his old uh, record label. That's what it is. His old record label a while ago. But he's doing everything independently now. And I heard that in concert, 
when you heard that and the previous album satellite flight satellite flight and then uh, passion love and demon slaying something like that it's got demon slaying at the last one but those two live performances people said they went sober like straight edge people who enjoy some trippy feelings and shit they're like trying to explore their consciousness without substance because they're all about the natural life but they said they had such an experience they felt like they were floating they were weightless the production of the sound was just absolutely gorgeous they were outside of themselves i could see existential could experiences see and shit man like the first album i ever bought ever was satellite flight by kid cuddy i smoked an entire blunt mm. Of probably some sativa because dude I felt like I was tripping <laughs> but it was probably just the music but I listened to Satellite Flight in my old Honda Accord with no muffler <laughs> and I had that 12 inch sub in the back listen to that shit and I swear to god I floated for like two hours and I've never felt that way before in my life I teared up on his instrumental yeah. tracks and it was it was an experience man. I can dig it what's your what's your favorite What's your top five favorite rock bands, like exclusively top rock five. bands? With like Led like Zeppelin? Classic rock or just general? Just rock across the just, board. Just mm, rock. Ah, man, people are really, really going to think I'm fucking stupid for Oh, like I said, man. Music okay, started. so for sure top one is Led Zeppelin. We've uh, established that one pretty thoroughly. <laughs> but my second one, I hate to be cliche, but it's honestly got to be Pink Floyd. Yeah, I like I'm it. I'm sorry. I like it. I just have to throw it out there. Pink Floyd is amazing. They revolutionized like the uh, the electronic board, where they implemented like different sounds, different recordings of sounds, like you know, time yeah. and money. Where they did the ching ching ching. They were very revolutionary then. Right, and they were like some of the first to ever use that recording uh, equipment, and that's why they're number two. Led Zeppelin because of the same reason as you. Uh, that was pretty much the soundtrack to the background of my life. But man, now I really have to think. Number three. Mm, da -da -da -da. I almost want to say Breaking Benjamin, and I hate to be that guy. Ain't no wrong with that. I love Breaking Benjamin, dude. I just love it. It's because when I was really young, I was going through an era when my mom was on drugs, and you guys know this. And shout out Mama Dukes. I love you if you're listening to this. You're love clean, you, Mama Dukes. You're always very nice to me. you're really the strongest woman I've ever met in my life. You're you had very, no, very nice to me. You've had you had an episode of weakness. I've had an episode of weakness. We all have. But anyway, it's being that, human. <laughs> exactly, we're all human. But in that trial of my life, I was listening to Breaking Breaking Benjamin. I had like a purple mohawk, black skinny jeans, black Tony Hawk shirt from Walmart. Hell yeah! A fucking Enjoy skateboard, Hell blue yeah. fucking grip tape, white wheels, red bearings. I thought I was the shit. I was running around the neighborhood listening to Breaking Benjamin. Like I will break a motherfucker's neck. Come at me. But yeah, I like Breaking Benjamin a lot, and that's why. But yeah. So what's the other two? Oh man, you really got me for a spin here. Eric, what's your what's your top five? Since you're typing it on the screen. Number four. I'm gonna throw this out there. Number four is a recent band I discovered, and it is Polyphia. 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 It's an instrumental, pretty much like okay, so they're a technical heavy metal kind of thing technically, but it's so majestic. It's almost like metal EDM. Mm. Metal meets EDM. Like they have. What's it called? Polyphium? Polyphia. It's like poly. Like poly, like multiple. I won't put that in my phone. P O L Y. And then Polyphia. Fia. Nice. I had looked up the meaning of poly and Fia separately at one point. Polyphia. I'm going to check that out. The, the study of many, right? Yeah. The study of many. That is what poly polyphia means. It's the study of many. And then the, sec and the fifth one is Chon. And they're basically the exact same as uh, Polyphia, but they do a little more jazz alternative kind of instrumentals. Like a lot of don't, 
Like it's a lot of like technical groovy shit, and then Polyphia is just like majestic and bass heavy. But that's a that's a hard stretch. I never thought about the top five favorite rock bands. That's a hard one, man. Because like music hits you at a different time. Like like some weeks you'll be on like a different kick, and then some weeks you'll be on a different kick. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying. I mean, shit. This uh, past three weeks since I've started doing this podcast, I haven't really listened to music, completely honestly. And but. I enjoy the time I listen to music even more, though. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm listening to people talk half the time. I'm trying to, well, you know, generally I'm trying to study the art of podcasting. Yeah. But at the same time, I've always enjoyed podcasts. So I'm just listening to it heavy right now, and that's just the, the kick I'm on. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, we were going to Brownwood's farm uh, for me and my love, Olivia's one-year anniversary, which I have to shout out once again because nice. I love this woman more than anything in the world. I thought I knew love until I met her. We went out to the most beautiful place that I've ever seen in my life called Brownwoods Farm. It's in Stamping Ground, Kentucky. You can look it up on, in magazines. It's in a Home Living magazine. It's one of those issues. And then uh, Best Gardens magazine of Kentucky. But we were going up there, and I was listening to some music, and I, dude, I was vibing i was listening to post malone and i was literally jumping in my seat <laughs> fucking rapping this song just so hype and it's an album that i l- listen to over and over again and that kind of draws back to what we were talking about earlier about moderation mm-hmm. and now i'm kind of tired of listening to podcasts because i'm doing podcasting i'm listening to podcasts all the time i listen to music today and kind or not yesterday but yesterday driving up there kind of opened my mind a little refreshing it's like you know i don't listen to music that much anymore but I enjoy it because I listen to podcasts more. But now I'm not enjoying podcasts as much as I used to because I was listening to music mostly and podcasts less. So where is that median? You know what I mean? Like, how do I find that? Do I listen to it like half and half? I'll tell you what I do is like whenever I'm doing something, like whatever it is, like if I'm working, uh, playing fucking Fortnite, lifting weights, uh, cleaning my apartment, I always listen to something. So I just bounce back and forth from music to podcast. Like it's just, it's just what it is. Because sometimes whenever like you're learning, it's best not to hear a voice because sometimes the voice can overtake your own inner monologue. Hmm. Um, so it's good just to listen to maybe instrumentals or acoustic music, uh, just because when you have a separate voice. Uh, out there, it just sort of take us takes over that conscious thinking of kind of like distractions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So. Yeah, man, I, I just bounce. I listen. I literally listen to either music or podcast, probably twelve to fourteen hours a day, and I just bounce back and forth whenever I feel like it. Actually, a guilty pleasure of mine is like uh, classical music. Oh, I love classical. Actually, music. specifically Baroque era classical music, like Bach, Beethoven. Hell yeah! Like the, the you know the OGs of classical that most people know about, but if you've ever listened to the music, it's not just some stereotype, not some cliche of stereo of uh, classical music. It's fucking riveting. It's literally the classics. But um, I like to listen to it when I like, you know, like studying something or researching something about a conversation topic, which I've been doing a lot for this. This is actually the first podcast I've done where I didn't do any research on anything. But um, Cole's gonna take a quick break. He's gonna come back. He's got to pee again, gather himself. But in the meantime. We are going to talk about polyphia's meaning via base word. Polyphony noun, music, musical texture consisting of several independent melodic voices as opposed to music with just one voice. Monophony, or music with one dominant melodic voice accompanied by chords. Homophony? Homophony, is that how you say it? It's, it's homophony. But yeah. Homophony. So, From what I heard before. Polyphony 
is musical texture consistent consider independent. Oh, okay. So it's, basically, they're it's polyphony. Polyphony. Sorry. It's okay. Phony. Yeah, I, felt, I sound like a dumb, a it's, dumb bitch. I took a music class in college for no reason. Uh, I learned one thing, and it was that. So there you go. So ten grand and the trash for. No did you look up the uh, back meaning of fia? I mean, I, I could break it down into other words, but that's the root word for. So that's that like basically the consensus of what they're. Which is awesome because uh, they definitely layer on. They definitely layer on different um, sounds together to really blend this awesome sound, and that's uh, that's kind of their jive is to. None of their stuff is very like technically like if you're like hard to play, but they layer on so many things that just sound blissful. And that's right. kind of the meaning of that. Is it's just it's a harmony. Mm, okay. So yeah, Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. Bolivia yeah. is really cohesive in the vibe. Yeah, it's just and it's just coherent and it's it's yeah. a fun feel. You know, it's just you listen to it and you can't help but just sway your head, chill out for a little bit. It's almost like sitting on the the dock of the bay. Or cloud nine. As the Wait, wait. As the times roll away. Right? Is that Otis writing? Sure. Am I wrong? I don't know what that means. But yeah. I don't either. But, uh, uh, my top five favorite bands, as Cole asked me earlier, um, I'd probably say Opeth is number one just for their ability to translate emotion into music. Okay. They can really make you feel something. I do like Opeth. They're pretty good. I mean, uh, between their albums, they go from, you know, really portraying a vibe of... Um, Heavy, like, I don't know, heavy metal's even really, you know, it's, heavy metal doesn't really describe it. It's, you know, just anger that goes through their, that goes through the music, you know, in, in deliverance to damnation where, you know, it's really a lighter vibe and it really makes you feel the thing that, you know, that they're that, that they're feeling you know there is right. really a sad vibe and, you know you connects you, them to yeah you it you can feel it and you know if you're having a bad day and you play that you know you're, you're gonna cry this is kind of how it is i mean like you, you can feel that guy that sometimes guy's you need that release though that guy, yeah, exactly that, that guy's in pain you can feel it yeah. so i really like it Shit, uh, i cry when i watch a fucking touching human you know a humane society commercial <laughs> little dogs looking all fucking sad <laughs> behind a cage and i'm like i will adopt you with your entire name? family um the uh, singer's name? Fuck. The singer? Yeah, the, it's in that's, so, commercials. that's so vague. It's too vague. Is it, is it every one of those commercials? Um, Alyssa Milano? Alyssa, no. Wait, is that, that's, that's not, not it. <laughs> it's not, it's not a right at first. And, um, I'm not really Shit, sure. I don't know. It's one of them. I can't remember. One of them dark-haired women. Wow, well, I really had it in my head and it went away. And I'm, whatever. It'll, it'll come back to me. Uh, number two would be Animals' Leaders, just for their, I mean, their technical prowess alone. I mean, it's... Those guys are fucking monsters. They're some of the best musicians in their own fields. Doesn't that guy play like an eight-string guitar? Um, or like yes. a seven? He plays yeah. eight, eight-string guitar down-tuned, so it can go for... He can play anything a bass can play, anything a guitar can play. Fuck. So, and I love his songs. I thought that there were... Uh, it sounds like there's three guitarists, but there's only two, but he's playing the bass part, and he's playing the lead part. Oh, okay. Wow, shit. Okay, they're a lot more technical than I realized. Because um, I also like that band, but I, I don't it, know that I mean, much about music. Remember, I, I broke down that one drum part to you once, mm-hmm. and how insane it was, and how like the uh, guitar uh, via the the drums was op- offsetting by a sixteenth every measure, and they slowly get separated. You know, right? Do 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 do. Coop. You know, yeah. so that's that's 
Who's Devin Townsend? Devin Townsend, I played for you once. Uh, it's a I can play for you at the plant. Um, his music is a is a wall of sound. Uh, I'll, I'll play it on the on the intro or on the outro if you want me to. But it's yeah, just sure. it, it's just a I played it for you before uh, when we were in college. I made you wear my headset when I first got it. Um, Damn, you remember that? that? Yeah, and I played Grace for you. And Grace is. Just, I do remember that. Yep, and that it's, was it, it, I was like, well, this is this is technically, um, which is funny to me. It's uh, pop. It's pop metal, which I think is a hilarious uh, genre of music. Like it's pop metal. That that's a, those are two counterintuitive statements to me. So you know, I mean, um, it, it's just a silly thing, but it it's perfect. I mean, like you you hear it and it's just it gets you hype as fuck, and it's just this guy is just fucking belting out. Like in lyrics, he's got a backup singer who's a girl, you know, and then their voices just jive together. And then you got like you got a full he he hired a full orchestra to sing along with with, with that album. Mm. It's the Devin Townsend project. Um, shit, I'll tell you later. I'm drunk. Shit, <laughs> I'll um, tell you later. It's, I'm it's drunk. Phenomenal. Um, I can't like remember that, but yeah, De- Devin Townsend project. Please check it out if you're in the metal or into any kind of. Um, you know, hype as fuck music. Uh, it's just a wall of sound. So if you if if you're listening to it, don't give it a shot on bullshit fucking um, Apple headphones or bullshit fucking you know. Don't, don't play it off your phone. Get a good headset. Get a, get get a good uh, sound. You know, get, get sound quality. And actually play it, and that shit will rock you. Like it's 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 wild. It really is. You know, what we should play as our outro music, right? What's that? Devin get Townsend. drunk by Lil John. That would be the opposite of what I'm talking about. I know. But, um, That's the joke. I uh, <laughs> I was trying so hard not to laugh, guys. I really was. I feel like I got really serious for a minute. Um, this is Baby Huey, by the way. My voice might. I'm actually Baby. calm. Huey, Huey. This is actually my normal voice. It's just I'm not anxious anymore. So when I get anxious, my voice goes a lot higher pitch. Because he had to fight for his food on our break. That's why he's not so anxious. <laughs> yeah, my mom always told me when I was little that um, my voice is too deep, so I need to talk higher pitch. So that goes in my head constantly. Oh, so, that's no fair. Yeah, I know. I'm, if, I, if I think about it and try to relax, this is how I normally sound. Dane's over here fucking, did you unmute your mic? Like, yes, I unmuted my mic. Bah, look, at the, bah, look at those waves. Bah, I see them waves. So, um, what, what, where were we at? Number three. Uh, number four, Tesseract. Um, Tesseract. Um, I only put them on the list um, for their first album. Uh, it's it really uh, that really changed my. It brought brought me back into metal music. Um, kind of like a turning point in your life. I mean. I wouldn't give me. Well, not a turning to, point, but yeah, like it, it, it signified a turning point. You know, right, when yeah, I was yeah. turning a, a stage, I, I came into Tesseract, and I remember showing you um, the first song off that, the first song off the one album uh, with my head, with a headset. Probably two weeks after I showed you Grace, um, I remember it. The listeners better listen to every single song and artist that we ever talked about on this podcast or I, totally I would disown you as a fan i um totally stole the seat from uh, cole and i'm going to give it back to him after i finish this list well cole I'm is sorry. back from his i was on a rant pee slash poop but he doesn't want to talk anymore he's got everywhere guys everywhere. well i'm honestly winding down anyway i am too uh, so i think so we're just gonna have to wrap we this cole? up uh check out that timestamp on there so we're at one hour and 19 minutes we're at 79 minutes, I'm, guys. I'm cool with that. I'm cool you know with what? that. 
Uh, I'm going to finish this list, and I'm going to let you talk to Cole afterwards for a little bit, and then we're going to do outro music, and we're going to fuck out of here. But Test Rec really came to my life when I uh, really needed to, um, when I was uh, when we left college. I just told you Acceptance, I think, by Tesseract. I'm not sure. It was so long ago. I was tripping so much acid. Uh, yeah, they were on a lot of acid, guys. But um, uh, I remember your Acceptance. And I remember uh, afterwards we talked about, uh, as when we bonded over our upbringing, and we talked about, uh, we talked about your mom and her um, um, prior Escapade. addictions, escapades. <laughs> and I talked about, you know, my mom leaving her husband and how she got weird. We bonded over that. I remember that very vividly. And after we listened to that, after a long talk about of about an hour, I remember I asked you to try to um, uh, hypnotize me, and you refused. Oh yeah, you did for, ask for, for the good, hypnotize for good purpose. I mean, that was probably a dumb decision, but I had deeper issues that we ended up figuring out later anyway. So. Yeah. It's all good. Never had anybody ask me to hypnotize them before. Yeah, that was uh, kinda, I kind of swung wild with that. But I wish yeah, I had a stopwatch. That's what college is for. All right, yeah, experiment, hypnotize your <laughs> friends, you know. Number five. Do some acid, hypnotize your friends, and try to do your homework at the same time. It's really complicated. It's a four-way process. And that was the life of the <laughs> Hue Finger. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and the number five, that's not up there right now, but it's Porcupine Tree. Um, Never even heard of them. They, uh, the lead singer of that band, I don't remember his name at the moment, but he's the one that got Opeth their start, and they have a big influence on Opeth from what they say. Um, Mikhail Axenrod is, is the Opeth guitarist, and mm. they, they have a big, it's just, I wish I was Swedish, Mikhail Axenrod, that's a sweet name. Yeah, I mean. My name's Eric Robert Osama Hughes. Mine's Dean Jr. Infinger. That's so much, it's. It's so much so worse. Bad, I, I, I yeah. know. I, I see you wanted yeah, to let bad. it out. It's bad. It's bad. A real yeah, bad name. That's real Alabama. That's, that's why I go by DJ. Actually, no, you guys don't know my name. It's my name Finger. Is, my name is Dane Jr. <laughs> Dane Jr. in fucking Finger. Yeah, it's so redneck. Oh, my but, God. But Dad, why do you hate me? <laughs> Just kidding. Love it, Pops. Poppy. Um, but Pokemon Tree, um, I'll... Maybe I'll play some Porcupine Tree in the intro for next week, but you know they're I mean, they're uh, maybe you could call them as progressive rock, so they're maybe progressive metal in some of their albums. So it's kind of like a mix between um, shit. I guess you might call them a Rush type figure, but without the screechy vocals. Mm-hmm. So and they're not as progressive. They're more just like a chill ass band, and they just they kill. They're a lot like. Um, Opeth for where they can make you feel something with their music. It's like they actually care. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can tell it's a big difference, you know. Like these guys are just spinning out their soul. Um, but I will say the best concert I ever went to, hands down, if you guys want to talk about your best concerts, best concert was Opeth. No questions asked. I've been to many a concert. I love them as leaders too. I love Meshuggah. But best concert uh, with no questions would have to be Opeth. Just because th- that's guys why can't. they're probably number one. The live performance. They were already they were already top three, but with just that like those guys, they they're a big band, but they performed in Louisville for like a three hundred person crowd, and they just fucking gave a fuck, you know. And they right. just, I mean, I, you, you could tell they're in it just because they want to be there. They're not just there to make money. Yeah, the artists actually give a fuck about yeah, their fans and, and, and just the music and the culture. They made jokes the whole time. Right. They fucked, Keep you they engaged. Fucked people. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they looked at the crowd and like, they did crowd work, which is funny. You know, they just <laughs> crowd work. Yeah, they, like, and then um, 
Yeah, they were like, I don't want to play. What do you get? And they look. I remember the lead singer looked back and was like, What do you guys want to play? I don't know. Because uh, it was the encore. Right. They got three encores. They were phenomenal. It's so nice to see the human side of people like that. It, it, this guy is totally open. I mean, he's he's not a fucking guitarist slash singer. He's just like, I'm having a great time up here. That's you know, that's what what do you, what do you guys want to hear? And then after they played for a while, they did two. They did uh, one encore. Then we kept cheering. So they did a second one. And then he looked to the back and was like, "What?" what? And he, he's super sweet. He's like, "Oh, wh- what have we not played?" You know, he's like, "He's like, what do you guys?" He looked like, he looked, like um, we, we Metalopolis. Yeah, we Oh shit, I can't even say it. Metalocalypse. Yeah. There you go. It's very similar. Where he's like, I, I mean, he was like, "You want more?" And then uh, we we're like, "Fuck yeah!" Oh, Beth. Yeah, Blackwater Park. Yeah. So we're all just cheering and shit. And then he looks, Amber, he's not even close to the mic, so you can barely hear him. So he looks back and he's just like talking to his, you know, band, like, uh, hey, what have we not played yet? I don't, um, what, what, what do you guys want to play? What do you guys want to play? Yeah, what do you guys want to play? And he's like, we could play, um, a secret song. They have a secret song on one of their albums. Not a secret, but if you buy the album physically, you get, like, a physical copy, you get the song. It's Patterns in the Ivy 2. Or you, or I can get my Korean hey, out and we can do the fucking hockey pokey. Yeah, I think we played the first one besides Secret Track. So, we play <laughs> Patterns and Ivy too. Do you guys like? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're like, Patterns and Ivy, oh, it's, it's the saddest song I've ever heard my entire life. But we were cheering for it. I'm so sad. No, I mean, that's what's so weird. I love this. That's what's so weird. They went from Blackwater Park, which is a fucking hype song. You know, it's like, it's metal. I mean, it's got some dark undertones in it, but it's like fucking mosh pit song. And then they play. The saddest song I've ever heard in my life. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. Like, it's, uh, if you're the, if you're in the best mood you've ever been in your entire life and you hear that song, you're probably gonna start crying. It's wild. Oh shit. Well, so your top five is Opeth, Animals Leaders, Devin Townsend, Tesseract, and Porcupine Tree. Porcupine Tree. Porcupine Tree. All right, I'm a, I'm a hop, uh, I'm a hop out of here. The so top five bands. Let you tap out with Cole. And Cole, get over here. We're gonna do an outro. Sorry, I commandeered the spot. <laughs> it's all good talks. So this has been an episode of Hugh Finger with Baby Huey, The Finger, and Cole motherfucking Wu-Tang, literally my longest best friend of all time. Love talking to you, brother. Super, ha- super happy for you in your business ventures. You seem pretty well put together. You're still creepy as fuck, like I mentioned <laughs> earlier. But I love you to death, man, and I really appreciate you having us as your hosts. Hell yeah, I appreciate being here, man. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Well, until next time, guys, this is you, Finger. I love you. i